Remember, if you want to reach your destination and have a good vacation, you got to get that mandatory vaccination, 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 vaccination. It's the comedy podcast, the comedy whatcast, the comedy well. Might not be the moment you were waiting for, but it is, in fact, a moment. This is the Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, James Hammond, stand-up comedian, new dad, rapper, battle rapper, entertainer, lifelong kind of person who just likes making people chuckle. It's one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, the whole point of this podcast is to bring laughter into uh, your lives, you know, because there's been a, a lack of it, definitely. Big lack of the laughter. Um with the pandemic, unless you're just a maniac and you're sitting there, just, I mean, I laugh sometimes at the, the stupidity of everything. I laugh at kind of myself for how confident I am and everything I think. I laugh at a lot of stuff, but you know, um, it's good to laugh. Never too much laughter in your life, unless, of course, <laughs> you laugh to yourself to death. I just smoked a, a big fucking bonk hit, so <clears throat> let me get that out of my lungies. I'm telling you, stoners or people who smoke weed are going to be. Prejudiced against the most. People are going to hold stuff against them the most. For what reason? What reason? Because they sound like they cough. In fact, anyone who coughs. You just cough? Are you a cougher? Natural born cougher? You know, you got a little bit of extra lung butter in your lungs just because, whatever. You know, you got a humid inside. Who knows? Some people just cough a bit more than others. You're going to be freaking hard. You're going to have a hard next five, ten years. You know, anytime you make any noise, it's just game over arrow through the ear right hunger game style except anyone who coughs is the bad guy right i don't know so um, yeah it's a fun time it's a, a little bit about my week um i had a, i did some stand-up comedy last night at the corner comedy club it's kind of like my home in toronto when it comes to comedy just a spot that's given me a lot of opportunity to you know to just get my stage legs going you know throw some jokes out there in the masses it's awesome the guy who runs it joe tachito Good, good friend of mine, man, and uh, yeah, I definitely suggest checking it out. It's on Queen Street. Got to go up this alleyway. It's like a kind of really awesome show. Sweet vibes inside, and uh, it's aw- the comedians are just. I'm telling you, I, that's what I miss the most about stand-up comedy uh, and with this whole fucking pandemic bullshit. It's just that camaraderie with comedians because no one can hold it down joke-wise than comedians. Like where I'm normally in most situations, I'm in, I'm the one talking the most, cracking the most jokes. You get out to an alleyway, you better have something fucking good to say. You better fucking be joking around, having a good time. You can't take things too seriously. People keep you in check. It's just, it's that kind of shit you need. You know, people will just rip on you, but it's all in that good fun, uh, you know, just loving nature, man. It's the best. I'm telling you if, you, if you were thinking about doing stand-up comedy or becoming a stand-up comedian, I suggest it because you, there's just an instantly a group of people who just love making jokes, you know? And that's a, uh, that's good. I can't stand people who don't like making jokes. That's the worst, you know? Like when you're, you're at a job interview and like you decide, okay, I'm going to crack one. This person seems to, to be getting me. And you're like, yeah, so, um, you know, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? And you're like, I don't know, uh, maybe in your desk given the interview. He's like, actually, I'm planning on being here for the next 15th. That's, um, I don't know if that's, um, uh, it's like, buddy, I'm joking. Jesus, all right? Oh, man. I mean, it's, not, it's never even a good joke. You're just like throwing some shitty stuff out there. Some person is, oh, yeah, maybe you'll laugh at this. Maybe this will uh, get that smile up on your face, your face-ticles. You know, testicles is a good word. Let's start calling other body parts isticles, too. Face-ticles, arms-ticles, <laughs> legs-ticles. Who knows what's going on? But, yeah, the show, Corner Comedy Club, it was awesome. Great attendance. Got to, got to do some material. I finally got my Bill Gates stuff out there. I've been putting out some Bill Gates jokes online, and they keep getting taken down. So I got to do it in front of some masses. In front of some people, talk about some COVID stuff. It's nice, you know. It's tough. It's it's like it's pretty difficult starting as like an underdog in the situation because like it's not like 
an underdog. But technically, you know, mo- you know, most people there probably got the vaccine, which is not a big deal. All the power to you. Fucking, it's just uh, I got nothing against people who got the vaccine. It's just I know they probably don't want to hear a lot of the stuff I'm going to say because it's anti-vax sometimes. You know, I'm talking some shit about the vaccines. So uh, it was regardless. There, everyone in there had a smile on their face. So it was awesome. I was kind of didn't know what to expect. I thought people would be a little bit more divided, polarized. Hell no, when people go to a comedy club, they're there for laughter. It doesn't matter. Fucking, no matter who you are. So I suggest going out to the Corner Comedy Club anytime you get a chance. Hit it up. You can get tickets online. I'm definitely going to be there sometime soon. Another great show Thursday. High on Trees, hosted by my boys Paul and Nitty and Drew. It's uh, I think it's still High on Trees. Either way, it's a Thursday show. I'm not sure if it's uh, still High on Trees, but it's a Thursday show, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So hit that shit up, too. Thursdays. What else are you going to do Thursdays, you know? Just uh, How I Met Your Mother reruns? Come on. Get a life. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, a little bit about uh, about my week. Did, I have any, did anything interesting happen? I'll tell you what. Living in the country gets you a little bit crazy, a little bit nuts, a little bit wild. You know, you start just... You see people and you get bothered sometimes, you know? Sometimes you see people, it's great. They walk by, they wave, you wave back. It's like, hey, hey. Nice. Hey, yeah, you're. I live four houses down. Cool. I live here. Nice. Yeah, I'll see you later. And that's it's awesome. You know, it's good. It's a little. Hey, there's still people alive out there. You know, because if you're in the country and you're really secluded during this pandemic, you just wouldn't know if everyone died all of a sudden. You could just be out there. Like, has everyone just dropped? I don't know. I'll have to go like two k up my driveway. Some people have two kilometer long driveways. They'll have to travel two kilometers up a fucking driveway just to find out if anyone's died or not. You know, or if anyone's still left alive. That's where we're at in this world, you know, pandemics and whatnot, two kilometer long driveways. I don't even know what I was talking about, man, but, uh, something pretty, pretty wild, I guess. What I did this week, nothing really. Should I go back and just like, fine. That's the thing about recording a podcast. I could stop and go back and try to remind myself, uh, into, oh, and that's a good fart, into, uh, deciding, uh, remembering what I I was actually saying, but screw that, you know, this is all off the cuff, this is like a live, pretty much radio show, live podcast, no music, you can listen to music before the podcast, I'm doing, and after, and it's like, it's pretty much like a radio show, anyway, um, as always on the show, we do like to partake in marijuana, it's a lovely thing, and thank God it's legal right now, uh, make sure to, uh, get some in you while you still can, here we go. Now, yeah, I'm doing this podcast. It's great. I'm having fun. Uh, shit, what was I talking about? I, man, I'm just sitting here thinking about life, you know? Living in the country. That's what I was talking about. Hell yeah, thank God I remembered. My brain still works. My brain still works. So yeah, when you're in the country, you see someone and you're like, nice, okay? And then other times you see people. Like, today, like, uh, someone just drove, like, onto my property in a gator. And I couldn't tell who it was. I looked from a distance. I'm like, do I know those people? But there was three people on it. And I never really see three people on a gator. It's hard to determine. You know, it looked like they were they were up to no good, you know? One person on a gator, they're working. Two, they're also working. Maybe someone's working and then also driving someone to, like, a spot close by. Three people, it's like, yeah, we need a crew. We got two people who are going to pull some dangerous, nefarious stuff, and one person's a getaway driver. That's where my head's at. I'm like, something bad's happening. What's going on? Turns out they're just driving around, getting a nice view. But, you know, that's a 
They didn't say anything. They didn't wave at me. They just drive onto the place they live. They don't even say, hey, we're just coming for a drive. They're just like, oh, this person's poorer than us. We'll, we'll do what we like with their property. This drive. And I'm okay with it because it's not my spot. And these people are pretty nice too. They let you walk up, you know, their driveway. You know, this is fairly nice as far as it goes, I hear. So they let you walk up their driveway, see their horses, walk in the train tracks. Nice stuff. Nice neighbors. I'm telling you, rich people are decent neighbors, but don't let them know you're poor. Because the second they find out you're poor, it's just like, you know, it's uh, you're a you're a moving target, you know? They're driving down the street at 80 now in their fucking Lamborghinis. They see you there. They're like, hmm, eh, this could raise the property values if we take this guy out. You know, all right, boom. Hey, the cost of our, the price of our houses just went up 100K. That poor dude's gone. Anyway, I'm going to get another pop into me too. Another little hit here. Yeah, let's do it up. Wowzers. There's a spider in here. The size of my fucking hand. It's huge. It looks like a wolf spider or a brown recluse. Like poisonous. His bite looks huge. Like it's a massive bite. I'm just thinking like... I was just like, what's wrong? Like I'm still scared of spiders. Not scared. Weary. You know, aware, aware of spiders, right? I don't like to kill them because they do their thing. They kill a lot of bugs and there's a lot of other bugs that like less than spiders, you know? I don't know if spiders kill them, like mosquitoes. For some reason, I don't see a lot of mosquitoes in spider webs. I think they have some kind of pact. I've probably talked about that before, but, you know, I'm just weird. I'm cautious, you know? It's like you're aware of it. It's like, you know, when you're walking down the street and there's like three like really drunk dudes. just like, oh, man, oh, yeah, God, this is me. You're like, okay, I'm going to be aware that level of intoxicatedness, you know? Because uh, I've been that intoxicated, and generally, something fucked up happens. Not, like, necessarily horrible when it was me, but, you know, other people who are more degenerate than I am that would be, you know, can be horrific people, right? So you kind of, you get aware. You go, oh, I'm not going to start running. And be like, ah, free people, I might do something. You know, I'm just going to be aware. Kind of heads up. I'm going to keep my, my eyes open, my eyes on the prize, you know? Keep my head up, be nice and chipper. People don't like to mess generally with chipper people. You know, if you're walking around happy, they're like, hey, did it today. People generally like, nah, they're not going to fuck with you. Right? I don't know why. You know, they're just like, ah, nah, that guy's happy. He's probably got something to live for. You know, yeah, someone who's happy, you don't want to fuck with them because they got, you know they got something to live for. They're happy. Someone who's sad, they're like, ah, we can bully this person. Let's take this person's wallet. He looks depressed. He's not going to fight for anything. Whatever. He's got that cowardly hunch. You know, like, hunch you get when you become, when you become a coward. Your, your spine just starts sh shriveling up, and you're like, oh, I'm a coward now. Uh, I'm gonna take any vaccine they offer me. Um, anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't think. Any, I don't think. I, honestly, I feel like people have been tricked. That's the whole thing. I don't like. You know, because um, it's actually against the law to give people uh, medicine under coercion, and I feel like we're being coerced. You know, not being able to go to restaurants, movies—that's coercion, right? It's like, hey, don't you want to go to the restaurants? Thank God, no fucking restaurants that really that good. Have you, like, there's one or two restaurants I went to with my old boss. He used to bring me out. As a, you know, just for doing well in the sales field, you know, he'd bring me out to some bomb-ass restaurants. We'd go just dress normally. Everyone else there would have tuxedos on. He'd just be like, yeah, all right, let's order what you want. We're going to go to town. And we just fucking, we'd have a blast, you know? And those restaurants were bomb. Like, I remember they, they pulled out, I seen a smoker. They had, like, smoked meat, boar, smoked boar meat on a cutting board with a smoker on top of it. And then they took the smoker off. There was smoke still coming. I was like, all right, I've never seen that. That's, that's beautiful. That's worth that's worth it. This is fine dining, right? But most, like, 89% of restaurants just are like, yeah, whatever. You know? And plus, if you tip the barman, it's not going to matter. You're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Johnson & Johnson. I got it. I got the Johnson & Johnson one. 
And it's like, oh, really? It's like, nah, but I like, my girlfriend did, and we hooked up, so I think, like, her vaccine got into me. I don't know, whatever. But just let me in the restaurant, you know? I tip good. All right, he tips good, you know? Meanwhile, the chef's there just, like, coughing in the food. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hacking up lung. Yeah, I gotta watch you ever that Delta variant, but I gotta stay at work. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it'd be cool if everyone just got superpowers. I really hope I would just become, like, fucking Wolverine. You know? Superpowers are sweet. I know a lot of people talk about them. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm already kind of, like, I, I got the, my, if I did, if I was going to be classified as a person with a superpower, it'd be my ability to get hit by cars and not die. Because I've been hit by a lot of cars, right? More than, more than 10. Under 15, I think. Or it's like a couple of the hits hit me so hard I forgot about it. Either way. It could be an ability, you know? You could save some lives. You know, you take a car hit for someone. Watch out, Mr. President! <laughs> you know, you just... Ah, the olds won't be able to... Uh, I'm okay. I rolled off the window pretty good. I don't know. Maybe it's in my genes. We're just good at avoiding, um, avoiding catastrophe. You know, that'd be, that's a good thing to have in your genes. Yeah, we're really good at avoiding catastrophe. Don't, don't worry about us. We're pro. <laughs> us Hammonds, we're pro at avoiding catastrophe. Anyway, let me go to a joke book. Let me see if there's anything in... Actually, no, before I do that, I'm going to start a new segment here on the comedy podcast, and actually a whole new line of the podcast. It's going to be called, What Do You Remember? What Do You Remember? I'm going to have guests on now that things are opening back up. People aren't so terrified to come and hang out. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Well, I'm going to talk to people, and we're just going to expand into the depths of human memory, see what we actually can remember as human beings. And I'm going to go first, right? Why not? First shall go last, last shall go first. Technically, I'm the only person here. And the spider. I don't think he's going to tell any stories. So I'm going to... What's the fir- what, what is the first thing you remember? Think about it right now. Anyone listening, go back. What is the first thing in your memory banks that you can... Not that people have told you. Because you, know, you always have these stories your parents tell you and family members. And then you start thinking them. And then you're like, do I remember that story? And then like all of a sudden, you know, like five years later, you're at a family reunion. And like someone's telling a story. And there's no way you remember that. Some young cousin's like, yeah, I remember I was eating broccoli. I was only two months old. It's like, okay, you don't remember that. Like, no, get out of here. No, I'm just <laughs> My cousins are awesome. But no, and broccoli's delicious. Make some noise, broccoli. But what do you remember? What do you... I'm trying to think. My first memory. <sighs> Going back. I remember a big tire. A big tire. Crawling around. Big tire. I was sitting in the middle of a car on a road trip. Getting out. So people could stretch their legs. And I was like wondering why. Because it took so long to get me into the chair. I was like, why are they stopping now? I don't know. I was pretty fussy. I was a movie kid. I was, I was a hyper kid. I moved a lot. Didn't cry too much. Uh, but, but I moved a bit. I was a mover and a shaker. Um, I remember I remember my parents' facial expression. As I was hanging upside down from a tree. Running out of the house towards me. My brother kind of standing beside me. with his Like, what did I do? You know, and uh, I was in this pine tree and I guess I had climbed up this pine tree because my brother did and he would go and then I went even further like all the way to the top and I started going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And then I guess I fell, I hit all these branches, probably knocked myself out a bit and then somehow they caught me right before the ground and I come to and I see my parents running out like, and I just remember like, like being like awesome, like wow. I don't think my parents could make that. Like, I don't think I could make my parents make that face. That's amazing, right? I actually made my parents, like, it was just like, whoa, you know? It's an old, well, how old would have I been? Like, 
two or three. Three, probably. Huh. Gotta be able to go back further than that. Come on. What else have we got? Um, I remember being like four or three and a half, four. I don't know, maybe older. I can't tell. It's hard to tell. Before school. And I remember there was a family from the a church we went to. An African-American family. We were pretty progressive back then in the, the 80s. Us Hammonds, you know, we were hanging out with everyone. The Chileans, the Africans, Cubans. We, My, my parents liked to have potlucks with a lot of different ethnicities. Yeah, who knows? My dad listened to a lot of soul music. I don't know why. It was, it was great. It was great. We got to taste a lot of different foods and experience a lot of different cultures. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, forgot where I was going with that, man. Different cultures. Uh, my parents they like to have potlucks. Oh, first memories. Oh, yeah, going to the family uh, of a friend of the families at this church, the African-American family. I forget their name, the Davises. And I remember at some point, I got, I was playing a video game. There was a computer. And we were playing this Mega Man game, or some kind of game. Precursor to Mega Man or something. It was pretty shitty graphics. I remember the graphics. And uh, this younger brother wanted to turn, but he, would just, he didn't know how to play. He just smashed the keyboard. It's like two-year-old kid. We, I was like a four-year-old. My brother was like five and a half, six, and the older guy was like seven. He's like, no, man, you're smashing the keyboard. You can't play it. So he got angry. I kept on getting his turn. I guess when he would normally just smash the keyboard uh, for a bit of time was when I was getting my turn. So he really built up an animosity towards me without me knowing, right? I didn't know. I thought we were cool. Because at one point, we're outside. We're eating barbecue. Everyone goes inside to, to pray. Let's pray for the food, everyone. And I'm kind of messing around outside. And... I go to come in and I see this two-year-old there and he's holding this kid, the younger brother, and he's holding this fucking huge stick. Like a, not a two-by-four, but one down from a two-by-four. Right? Like, and it's like cut in half. It's a big stick. It's like a, a solid piece of wood used for lumbering. You know, some kind of lumber project was probably going on. Anyway, there was this above-ground pool and I remember I was... I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to hit you with a stick. I'm like, no, you're not. And then he ran at me with it. And he fucking hit me once. I was like, ah, then he chased me down. And I ran to this underground or this above ground pool. And there was this rim, you know, where I, of the uh, above ground pool. I could kind of hide under and he would swing at me and would just hit this metal bar. And he kept on hitting the bar and he couldn't. And I was like laughing at him because he couldn't hit me with a stick. And then I pushed him and then he tried to hit me with a stick and he couldn't figure out why he couldn't hit me with a stick. I remember he started crying, and then the parents come out. And they're like, James, what did you do? My parents were like, oh, we're so sorry. James didn't mean to do anything. I'm like, I didn't do anything. He, he was attacking me with a stick. They're like, he's two and a half years old, James. There's no way he would attack you with a stick for no reason. Come on. I'm like, no reason? Oh, yeah, he's pissed because I probably was playing the video game, and he wanted to play it. So he doesn't know how to play the video game, James. He just smashes the keyboard. I'm like, yeah, I know, but he wanted to play. Like, wait, man. But no one believed me. My own parents. I think they were like, upset. I remember I got a talk on the way home. We left right then. You know, I remember rushing out of the place. Yeah, that goes back. All before school. I'll try to keep stick to memories that have happened before school. You know? But that's some crazy shit. Like, for a kid to wield it, that guy should definitely be some kind of, you know, um, vigilante, powerhouse, strong man. To, to be two and a half years old and be able to wield a piece of wood like that. Like, it was so big he couldn't swing it at me, right? It was hitting the metal bar above me. It was like probably more than, like, three or four feet. This kid was just swinging it at me. 
and it's it's pretty amazing, right? Just to be like, wow, too, like, I, you just don't think someone can can do that. And, and that was back in the day when kids were left to like to roam a bit more. You know, we could just kind of go out and do shit. These days, parents just hover. They don't let their kids do anything. They don't let them fall. They don't let them even almost fall. Kid almost falls. No, oh no, they're in there. We're done. We're out of the playground. We got to go, Johnny. You, you got to let your kids fall sometimes. Not like more than two feet from the ground. You don't, you don't want them falling from like a any kind of brain damage height, you know? Like taller than you. You don't want them falling from anything taller than you, for sure. Like even your arms. You know, your waist level, you could drop them from. But uh, anything above that, avoid. Avoid, you know? You don't want to be there. That's all I'm saying. This is some parental advice coming from Jimmy Hams right here. But yeah, what are some first memories? Being at church, yeah, I remember singing, singing at a church. Oh, oh, la, 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 la. At Christmas, I remember being a sheep in a, a Christmas pageant when I was like, before even like, th- I was probably three and a half. In Montreal, there was a Christmas pageant. I got to be a sheep. You yeah. know? What a metaphor, eh? <laughs> what a metaphor. Bah. Turns out, James was the sheep the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You know whenever you hear that music, something bad's about that. Dun, dun. I'm trying to think. Yeah, what was some other... Fr- okay, I remember being about two and a half, three. Three. Yeah, biking down this laneway in Montreal, right? And... Being almost hit by a garbage. Well, I, my bike, my tricycle. It was like a plastic tricycle. You know, those plastic things you drive. Just rocking up and down the alleyway. And I remember, because I was practicing to, to go against my brother. Because he had a bike and he was beating me. And I was like, I got to practice. And I this garbage truck, I just didn't see me. And he just fucking ran right over my my thing. I remember it started going under the tire. So I stepped off and the thing just got crushed, like mutilated. I started crying. You guys stick his head out the window like, Jesus, kid, watch out! And I was like, oh, I started crying even more, right? This guy's nearly, oh, like, I go home, I'm crying, I show my parents the tricycle, my dad is like, what happened? I'm like, the guy in the garbage truck ran it over. He's like, wow, ah, just like, ran after, ran down the street after him. I remember my dad running down the street. I remember my sister glaring at me a lot as a young kid. Like, I would, I would just like, do, I would just like come into her room, like, hey, Sarah, and she'd be like, like, stay away from me. Like, what? What have you... I don't know. She's, uh, she's awesome. She's funny. Where I got a lot of my sense of humor. Definitely from her. She's got a dark sense of humor. Funny. In fact, she just put out a book. Check it out. The Joy of Sweat. It's amazing. Get it at Chapters, Amazon, wherever you want to get a book from. Order it from her. Or not not from her, but from her, wherever you can get it. The Joy of Sweat. It's an awesome book. It kills me to say it. It's really fucking good. It's funny. It. Um, I was laughing at it. Being the comedian, I consider myself to be the funny one in the family. You have to... Cause, I mean, we're all funny. We all got some jokes in the Hammond family slash Everett's family. But, um, you know, um, I like that. I mean, come on. I'm the stand-up comedian. I got to be the fight. I had, I went this, I got a diploma from Humber College in the comedy program. I went from 2000, in 2010 or 11. And, uh, yeah, good time. It was great. I, I got a diploma saying that I'm funny. You know, isn't that crazy? But, uh, it's funny because, like, I, I actually really respected that, that, uh, that time because it gave you two years. Two years of your life to focus on nothing but jokes, on writing jokes. I wrote probably like 20 to 30 notebooks filled 
with just material during that time. That you honed out your work, and it was just nonstop, just competitiveness, fun, rivalry amongst people. You know, everyone was kind of, we weren't that great, we weren't that good, but it was fun. It was just great to kind of hang with people who were all into comedy and trying to do the same thing, you know? So, and then like, from that group, you see some people rise, some people fall, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig to make it in. I'm still trying, still trying to do it. Obviously now, with the, with the, well, the first laugh. What's the, that'd, that'd be a good memory, eh? First laugh. What's the first laugh we can think of? <sighs> first laugh. Okay. What? Oh, yeah, I remember saying prayers. We would sit around the dinner table and we'd hold hands and we'd go, Lord, thank you for this food. Please bless it to our bodies. Thank you. The, amen. And then sometimes my dad, when you know, he'd be really feeling religious. He'd be a thank you for the cow and thank you for the farm that grew the cow. And thank you for the rain that grew the crop. Okay, dad, we're all hungry here. Let us eat. You know, and uh, I remember my sister would would start doing this to my brother. She would, because we'd close our eyes during prayers, she would like open them and like, you know, kick him under the table or get his attention and then try to make him laugh. Try to like make a funny face, squeeze her nose, move her mouth around, whatever. And then I started seeing, and I would start laughing before everyone. And you know, I'd always just take the fall and laugh before it. James, why are you laughing? It's not. There's nothing. There's nothing funny about thanking the Lord for food. Why not? Why can't we laugh when we thank the Lord? Huh? I think laughter is the best form of thanking the cosmic creator of uh, everything. You know, if if every, laughter is part of everything, is it not? You know, and I was actually just thinking. All right, you know, this whole mandatory vaccine uh, passports coming out. You want to go places. I'm just, right now, I woke up today, honestly, first day of my life, I actually felt this morning, like, I really identify as someone who's been double vaccinated, Yeah, I identify as someone who's been double vaccinated. It's just how I am now. It's who I am. I look at people who haven't been vaccinated, like, what's wrong with you, you sickos? You sick bastards? If, if there was a serial killer roaming the streets now, he should only kill people who are unvaccinated. That's just what's, that's what's wrong with the world. You know, not billionaires fucking everyone over. It's the unvaccinated. That's who got us into the mess in the first place, is it not? No, it's really not. It's really not, you know? But um, anyway, people are kind of going crazy. Chris, Chris, crazy. Chris did a nazy. You know, a lot of people are chill too. I like how a lot of people are just like, they got their vaccine, they're over. They're like, done. I did what I'm supposed to do. I'm out. And I was just like, hey, uh, you got to get a booster shot every uh, six months. It's just like, gee, fuck. Like if, or they're just trying to get us addicted to vaccines. Eventually, it's gonna be like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta smoke it in a glass pipe every like three times a day, just if you want to stay alive. If you wanna, if you wanna still live, any longer, you got, you just gotta freebase Moderna nonstop. Just sounds like a fake leather bag company. Buy your new Moderna purse. <laughs> Moderna. We sell fake leather purses and vaccines. I don't know. They, I don't think they actually sell fake leather purses. I wouldn't trust them to make one of those either. Like who's making, making vaccines? Like banking. That'd be the thing. If you made vaccines, if you just think about it, if you were a company, whose work, whose, whose reason for existence was to make vaccines, right? You would want to feel like first of all you had a purpose. So. After a while, and you would want money, right? You'd be like, hey, our business sucks, and we feel like we have no purpose. I go home, I'm depressed all the time, I, I, I work on vaccines all the time, but no one needs them, because no one's sick all the time. Eventually, eventually, you'd be like, you know, we we kind of like, 
you know what? I'd feel a whole lot better if just a bunch of people were sick. Or even if they thought they were sick. We could, like, make them think we were useful and, like, we could make a lot of money. And, like, you know, we'd feel like we were really saving the world. It's like, but you wouldn't be. You'd just be tricking everyone into thinking you were saving the world. It's like, yeah, but we'd become billionaires. All right, fair enough. No no loss there, right? So, yeah, we yeah, interesting fact. Who knew it was billionaires? Moderna CEO and Pfizer CEO. Who would have thought, eh? Billion. Bullionaires. The bullionaires. The people who made the things that we're supposed to inject into us to protect us, right? Pfizer. 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 It sounds like something that a character in a Street Fighter would yell. Pfizer uppercut. Ah, Pfizer. Hadouken Pfizer. You know? It's just ridiculous. You know? Eventually, we'll wake up with a barcode on our fucking navel. You know, that's a side... Oh, the side effect of the vaccine is a barcode just grows out of your navel, and now we can scan you anywhere you go. Oh, well, it's not too bad. At least I'm safe. Yeah, for now. But then, uh, you're going to have to get the booster shot. And this one is actually... It's not even an injection this time. We just actually put it onto a boot, and we, we kick it directly up your ass. Yeah, it's a vaccine. It's a... It's delivery system is from a boot. We put it on the toe of the boot, and then we get, like, soccer players. We hire all the healthiest soccer players. God bless them. They're doing the Lord's work. And we give them vaccine boots. You know, these boots just have recovered in sweet, sweet vaccine juice. And then you just got to bend over. And I and we give you, don't worry, we give you, like, a piece of cork to put in your mouth. Like, because it's going to hurt. Because you're getting a, a soccer cleat. It's like an army boot soccer cleat. It's a big boot. It, it's bigger than the average rectum. I don't know why it was designed this way. The boot is for sure at least two to three times larger than the average bum so it's not going to be good for you guys but hey what it's for your own safety don't are you going to get a, a, a and we got to we got to kick it up to the, up to the shin up to the shin is the it's like the q-tips if it doesn't go up a certain amount it doesn't count you know if you want to get tested it's actually the new test you just got to get kicked right in the butt with with a boot and then, then if you if you don't bleed then you probably have some weird disease right if you bleed though then you're fine that's the test you know the new test is something like some guy just comes up to you with a switchblade and stabs you a bunch of times. And if you bleed red, then it's like, hey, you're still human, right? But if, like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, microchips and, like, dust might start pouring out of you or something, then you know you're not you're not a human anymore. Ah! Spider in my hair. Spider in my hair. Spider in my hair. Damn it. I got a fucking... How did that happen? Spider what? It's like they didn't like my jokes. Or they did. I don't know. Is this a standing ovation or... They shut the hell up and... Move on with my life. These spiders are a tough audience, I tell you. Tough audience spiders. But, um, yeah, this world is a wild place with the pandemic. The pandemic? <laughs> can, we, can we make it sound cute? The pandemic. You know, just, uh, I don't know. I have no idea, guys. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, what's going on in the world these days? People fighting in a few minutes, losing their what? Yeah, I used to, I'm just, micro, I'm thinking microwaves. What the hell is going on, eh? Like, we, we have them in our homes, right? Everyone has a microwave in our home. But we all, we don't really know what it does, right? Like it nukes the food. Oh, we got to nuke the food. Heat it up, defrost it. It's a, it's an interesting device, you know? It sits there, it's like a TV, a thick TV that you put food in. You know, it's like TV for really fat people, right? If you're really poor, you want to entertain yourself, you could just pop some stuff into the microwave, slow defrost, and just enjoy 
10 to 15 minute program with just food spinning. You know, it's like the fireplace channel for obese people. Uh, but the, uh, it's just, a uh, we're just hungry people. Anyone really who just likes food. So everyone, but, uh, it's fucked because what it does, what is it like changes the cellular structure of your food, right? It boils it from the inside. The water molecules come out. And it's probably it's safe. They say it's safe. I've never like eaten from a microwave and all of a sudden died. But I, I think about like all the stomach issues I used to have. You know, I never used to feel that great. In my stomach all the time. I used to eat a lot of microwave food, you know, just quick, easy. Not too much, but you know, pizza pockets. And then all of a sudden you do, I remember, remember when you switched over from the microwave to the oven with pizza pockets? I feel like that's when I, when you become an adult. That's like the biggest step in, in, in life, in your step towards adulthood. You go from cooking pizza pockets in a microwave and they spill out the sides and you got to like eat it off the plate with a fork. Sometimes the middle's still cold. The microwave's not working that great. And then you do it in the oven and it takes like 25 minutes and teaches you patience, teaches you about getting the same damn thing except in a longer time period, but it tastes better, right? And no, most people I know don't do it. They're like, what, in the oven? Why is put in the microwave, man? It's like, yeah, but what's, what's a microwave? Like, I don't know, it's, the, it's like the oven. It's like, no, it's not an oven. It's not heat. It's like electricity. I feel like it's an electric chair, right? Electric chair for food. That's what I feel like. Every time I watch food in the microwave, I feel like I'm watching a public execution. Like I'm part of the family. Like, the, like I'm watching, like this pizza pocket that I was going to eat, you know, just like, just went on a killing spree. It took out a lot of people. You know, it, it was angry. It got fired from its job at Pillsbury or something. It was a manager. It got demoted. Something happened. He's yeah, who knows? We don't get into the backstory. But, you know, you're watching it. You're standing here. It's like watching this get cooked up. And you're like, man, this is, I feel, this feels wrong. I feel like I have to turn around. I got to turn away. I don't like watching my food in the microwave. And I, to be honest, I haven't eaten anything out of a microwave, at my own house at least, in like, more than 10, like 10 years, 10, 15 years, you know, probably 12 and a half. But like, sometimes you'll, like, you'll go to a place and you'll hear them just use a microwave. And you're like, really? Come on, Peter Pit, don't microwave the, don't microwave the chicken or not Peter Pit, but like Subway, you know, they'll use microwaves. It's some, or, you know, it's, it's, at least it looks like a microwave. No, it's not, it's a heat, it's a really fast heat device. So a microwave? No, 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 it's a Subway thing. Okay, we'll trust you, Subway. We'll trust you. Anyway, you know what? It's getting late. I got a family to attend to. I got stuff I still got to do, clean up my house a bit. This has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun for me. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you had a laugh. Maybe you thought of some memories yourself. It's always good to work on uh, work on the brain juice, work on the brain power. You know. Anyway, if you want to book me for a stand-up comedy show or if you know anyone who's uh, yeah looking for any kind of uh, audio or video comedy message as a gift or whatnot, let me know. Hit me up at jameshammondcomedy at hotmail.com. It's what I am doing these days. Uh, not too often, but I'm doing as much as I can. And I'm loving it. Like they say, laughter is the medicine. Thanks so much for listening. It's a blessing to be here. A blessing to have people list, people out there taking us in. If there's anything you want to hear me joke about, hit me up at the email as well. Anything you want to hear me rant about. If you want to come be a guest on the podcast to uh, you know talk about what you remember in life, uh, come on out. It's a good time. I'm always open to collabing with new people. Much love. I've been James Hammond. Take care. Boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. It's a comedy podcast, a comedy podcast, a comedy world.